Hey guys, how's it going today? I thought I would take a little break from what I had been doing, which of course was the discussion, daily discussion, about all the doom and gloom that's going on in 2020, and mix it up a little bit, and today instead talk about the doom and gloom from 1918. Of course, if you've been paying attention in the news, you know that sometimes this pandemic is compared to at least the beginning of the Spanish flu that took over the world basically in uh, 1918, starting in March of 1918. Um, And there are a couple of things that kind of coincide with what took place back then, uh, but there are a lot of differences as well. And so I thought maybe this would be an interesting opportunity to put what's going on today in historical perspective. I think the first interesting thing about the Spanish flu is that it actually didn't start in Spain. It started in a place called Kansas, of course, in the United States, in a place called Camp Funston. And uh, this was a military installation that had 54,000 troops or so uh, that were there. And it started with a cook who came down with this new strand of flu. Of course, they didn't know it was new at the time. And so they treated it like a normal uh, seasonal flu. Um, But over time, and not very long about 1,100 troops had been hospitalized and 38 others had died after developing pneumonia that came from this flu. So if this thing started in Kansas, why is it called the Spanish flu? That actually has a lot to do with World War I. As these troops were sent away from Kansas and other parts of the United States over to Europe to fight in the Great War, they spread the virus as they went. And so... Many parts of Europe, England, France, Spain, Italy, were ravaged by this disease that was brought over by the Americans. Um, You have to recognize, too, at the same time, that all of the countries that were involved in the war had very strict rules from their government involving censorship. And so most of the governments didn't want things printed that would be negative about what was going on in their own country. Of course, the worst thing you could do at this point is show weakness to your enemy by telling them that many of your soldiers or many of your citizens were dying. And so all of the countries involved in the war acted like nothing was going on as far as what was in the print media. In Spain, though, that wasn't the case because they were neutral. So they're neutral during World War I, and their newspapers are reporting on these deaths. And so because of that, they were the ones who got blamed for, if you will, the flu and the outbreak. The good news about this first wave of the Spanish flu was that it wasn't really all that deadly when you look at it in terms of the second wave. Sadly, there was a second wave. And this emerged in late summer of 1918. And this is about the time that some of the soldiers started coming back from World War One, from the from Europe. And as they're coming back, they're getting on ships. And of course, when you're on ships, you're packed in tight quarters, and the virus was spreading. This new strain that appeared at the end of the summer was much more deadly. And the reason that it was more deadly was that it didn't just attack children or the young and the old, it actually did just as much damage to people who were young and in otherwise good health. And it was known to take people down um, in 24 hours. You go from having absolutely no symptoms to being dead. And uh, obviously this is 
terrible thing, and they were sp- it was spreading very quickly. And this is the part that was causing most of the problems around the world. From September through November of 1918, the death rate from the Spanish flu skyrocketed. In the United States alone, 195,000 Americans died from the Spanish flu in just the month of October. So why did this spread so quickly, and why was it so deadly? Some people believe that the rapid spread of the flu was at least partly the fault of health officials who were unwilling to impose quarantines during wartime. In Great Britain, for example, people knew that quarantines would stop the spread of this virus, um, but they were really unwilling to do a strict civilian lockdown because they didn't want to risk crippling the war effort by keeping factories closed and other civilians home that would be vital to the Allies winning the war. What ended up stopping the spread of this virus was cities in the United States in particular putting in place quarantines um, and locking the public down so that they weren't allowed to go out and spread the virus. Of course, medical science didn't have the same things that we have today that can help stop the spread of things like this, talking about masks readily available or gloves or other types of materials that could keep people from getting sick, um, disinfectant wipes, Lysol spray, things like that. But I think it's important to note that the things that happened during this uh, outbreak in 1918 have actually taught a lot of people about how to keep something like that from happening again. Um, we did talk about some of the projections about with this virus, about if even if we do everything perfectly right, we still could have 100,000 deaths in the United States, which, of course, we hope isn't the case. But even if that was the case, that would still be much lower than this flu outbreak. And I think a lot of that is because we have learned so much from that time. So if anybody ever asks you, you know, why do we pay attention to history? And of course, the cookie cutter answer is that, well, we want to learn from our mistakes in the past. This is actually really a good example of a time where we have taken something that happened in the past that went really, really poorly and how we're applying those lessons and hopefully learning something and being able to save lives this time around. With all that being said, I think it's important that we learn from the past, the lessons that we learned during this time, and be able to not repeat that ourselves. So simple things, even though you've heard it a million times, things like washing your hands and not getting into large groups of people will actually stop this from happening and will make it so that we can get back to normal much, much faster than what we're anticipating. You guys have a great one, and I will talk to you soon.